Where is he? Where are you? Skull Rock. Uh, do you know it? Hello, everyone. This is Stacy. We are recording live. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as I said it. Come see him. Try it again. Try it again. Try it again. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Stacy. We are broadcasting live from Skull Rock, and I am joined by. Hello, this is Megan. Happy to be back. How are you, Stacy? Hanging in there. It's New Year's Eve, and we can finally say farewell to 2023. How are you? Right. <laughs> so hopefully, um, by the time everyone is listening to this, um, you've had a good start to the year. Happy New Year. We are recording on New Year's Eve, but it doesn't feel like New Year's Eve. I don't know why it doesn't feel like New Year's Eve to me, but it is, and we get to start 2024 tomorrow, so that's super exciting. Best way to look at it is we're, you know, one day closer to season five. That's how I look at it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's perfect. So I know we are both super excited for this conversation today. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to talk about our favorite characters in Stranger Things and a little bit about the actors who play those characters and some of the other um, projects they've been in. Uh, every few episodes, we're going to try to take two or three actors from the show and kind of talk about, you know, why we're a fan of their characters, a little bit about their characters, and then um, kind of like their body of work so far. So it only makes sense that, you know, Megan and I would pick Joe Keery, who plays Steve the Hare Harrington, and Joseph Quinn, who played the amazing Eddie Munson. Eddie Munson. <laughs> yeah, so if you haven't figured that out by now or you don't already know us, I think in our rapid fire, the first episode, we both asked each other favorite character and there was no hesitation. <laughs> Not at all. Steve Harrington. Steve Harrington. Mm -hmm. But we are also big fans of Eddie Munson and just the kind of global phenomenon that he became. So we are right there on that bandwagon for sure with Eddie Munson fans. And we are just big fans of Joe Keery and Joseph Quinn as well. Um, so we are super excited to talk about them today. Absolutely. You know, I have to say, and I know I said this, I think, in the last episode and to you several times before, I have never in my life seen, even with super popular shows, let it be Game of Thrones, I'm going to really date myself here, Lost, other really huge, you know, shows that took the world by storm, I've never seen a character enter a fourth season and take over the world the way Eddie Munson did, especially in the summer of 2022. Like, I think we all knew he was going to be a hit, but I never expected it to be this big. No, it was wild. What do you think it was about his character or him that really caused that? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's kind of a 50-50 thing. I think 50% of it is the Duffer brothers writing. I think they know how to write one hell of a character. And, you know, we saw a little bit of it. Um, in summer 2019 with Dacre Montgomery playing Billy, and he did a fantastic job, um, but nothing on this kind of level with Eddie Munson. And I think the other 50% was Joseph Quinn, because they said they had hundreds of actors audition, and they said that Joseph Quinn was the only one that didn't kind of come across as a jerk, because I guess the, the reading scene was the cafeteria scene. And clearly this guy is a classically trained actor from, you know, across the pond and he really brought it and I think honestly I know Robert England who played Henry's father he made a post last summer shouting out Joseph Quinn they happened to be at the same convention and he was like I really urge everybody to go see this tv episode he was in a couple of years ago called CB Strike and I hadn't watched it until finally I sat down and watched it it's like a crime drama and he plays this guy who has severe you know mental and psychological issues and that's where you can really see this guy is one hell of an actor like I had no idea he was even British 
until afterwards. But I think he just brought a lot of heart to it. Um, and also, like, a big thing about Stranger Things is it's about the underdog. It's about the outcast. And either you knew somebody like Eddie Munson in your life or you were an Eddie Munson. What about you? Yeah, I think that that's spot on, like everything that you were saying. Um, he just has such fantastic range. And I think that cafeteria scene, for a lot of people, it's interesting because it is such a fine line between bef- between coming across as a jerk or yep. or not. And it was so interesting because I remember watching that scene for the first time and I wasn't sure. I was like, wait, is this going to be a bad guy? Like, is this mm-hmm. like a Billy? Like, he's being kind of mean to the kids, but like, <laughs> they want to impress him. Like, it was like, I wasn't sure about him at first, but he just like drew you in because you wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. And you were like, obviously, he's going to be an important he's going to have an important part to play. And I'm so interested to see what that is. And I think then a lot of people think like, oh, the picnic table scene with Grace was kind of what drew them in. And that was definitely another really great performance. I think episode one of the fourth season is one of my absolute favorites just because of those Eddie Munson scenes too. You could see that different side of him in that scene and that he really wasn't big and bad and that he Mm. came across as at first but I think what like sold me on him a hundred percent was the D&D scene and just I love and I know we can get into like our favorite scenes and why we love them in a different episode but that scene and the juxtaposition between the scene at the D&D game and the basketball game is like just like a cinematic marvel i think it's fantastic it really Um, is oh yeah but just those three scenes he's such a different person and not different person but you just see different sides of him in Mm -hmm. that and that actor and the actor like has that range to play his character in such a multifaceted way that i think that was yeah probably a huge part of it and like you said the Duffer brothers wrote a cool character, but like Joseph Quinn is who brought that character to life in the way that made us all fall in love with him. It's funny because somebody once was like, would you like to have known who else I auditioned? And like, sure, I'm curious, but I don't think I could honestly see anybody else playing Eddie Munson other than Joseph Quinn because he just hit it out of the park, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. I have not watched Strike. I really need to do that. I, for a little while, was trying to, like, watch all of the other things that Joseph Quinn has been in. And I still want to, but I I got kind of behind. So I did watch um, the couple scenes that he was in in the show Mangrove. Did you watch that? I've heard of it, but no, I have not seen it. Yeah, it was just a very, very small part where he played, um, like, a police officer character. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's so funny how, like, when you know him and are familiar with his work, like, you could see him and what he brought just to those, like, two tiny little scenes in that show. I always say it wrong, but Les, Les Miserables. <laughs> Les <Butcher> that. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I, I feel like it. that's why we need to shorten it. <laughs> Les Mis. I did watch all of that. Okay. Yes, I am. I've never, and I know the musical theater people out there are screaming at me. I've never seen the musical before. Or no, me either. He did a good job. <laughs> exactly. I had never seen it either, and I do like musicals. So I don't know why. I just have never watched that particular musical or um, read the book or anything like that. I think it's a Victor Hugo novel, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering correctly. But um yeah, I thought he did a great job, but I think that character is very like beloved in some yeah. of the other adaptations. So I think he had like big shoes to fill for that role. And there's probably some people who are really big fans of Les Mis that didn't necessarily like think his performance in that movie or that TV um, adaptation was the best. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his character's name? I forget what his character's name is. And oh, let's not even try to butcher that. It's got like a J in it. <laughs> I see it in my head, but I'm not even going to try to say it. Yeah, exactly. It's French. 
how do you, how do you say the um mini series that's based off the Charles Dickinson stuff? Oh my gosh, that one's hard too. Dickinson, Dickens- Dickensian? Dickensian. I was saying Dickerson, but it's Dickensian because <laughs> when I was in New Orleans, I remember. I was going to originally bring it up because I had watched it. And then I was like, if I freaking say this wrong in front of him, I'm going to melt. So I started asking random strangers and everyone had a different answer. They're yeah. like, Dickinson? And I go, we had Charles Dickinson. And then they're, they're like, no, Dickensian. And I'm like, which is it? <laughs> but that show, have you watched that show? No, I haven't watched that either, but I really want to. Because, I mean, I've seen edits of his performance in that show mm-hmm. and I feel like it's very emotional and yeah I want to watch it but I haven't seen that it's one so good I mean I want to call myself a huge Charles Dickinson fan but like you know love literature love history and whatnot and English and all that but um it's like our multi-universe basically it's our Marvel because all the characters from all of Dickinson's work come together yeah and he does such a good job and just a real like tortured character who first you know kind of comes across as like this snotty little spoiled brat and really he's like got a lot of depth to him he's hiding this big secret it's just it's really his performance the best way to put it is it's heartbreaking and I downloaded the whole freaking season and you know I watched it and overall it's a really good show even with uh you know storylines that don't revolve around him but he really does a good job. And I guess that was like his first like major, major piece of work that he was able to do. And then supposedly like for almost like two years before he got Stranger Things, he was doing little independent things here and there. And he even said it himself. He was like, I was beginning to get nervous. Like maybe I need to do something else to fall back on. So I'm certainly glad he held off because that really paid off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I started watching um, Howard's End. <laughs> oh, girl. Stop. No spoilers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've Man, definitely I'm... been spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say uh, I have a word for you, bookcase. That's all I have to say. I know. I know. Yeah. I think everybody knows at this point. Brandy <laughs> watched it, and I know it's like it's a remake of a famous story and whatnot. Right. And I remember she was like, are you effing kidding me? Like, that's it? So I'm like, let me watch this so I watched it and he does a great job in it but whenever the bookcase scene happened I was like that must have been one heavy freaking bookcase and everybody was like no he had a heart attack and I'm like oh I thought the bookcase just crushed him so I don't I shouldn't have I shouldn't have laughed but damn Megan let's just say there's a bookcase I love that you're like no spoiler and I'm like a freaking bookcase falls on him yeah (laughs) I don't know. It, it I didn't know right. the thing about the heart attack, actually. Yeah. They were like, he's starving in it. And I'm like, oh, I just thought it was a really heavy bookcase. That would be like <laughs> my Stranger Things collection, guys. It's on a bookcase. If that fell on me, that would probably kill me. So <laughs> I have to watch out. It probably would. Just all the Christmas it's lights surrounding my it's corpse. Impressive. Thank you. Thank you. And then Catherine the Great is another oh. one that you've watched. I have not watched. <laughs> it's on HBO Max if anybody's looking to see where it's streaming. And I got to tell you, I've probably watched that maybe the most out of all of his works. Um, I'm a big history nut on top of it, but it is so goddamn good. And like much like um, Dickensian or Dickinson, he plays Prince Paul, who is just this entitled, like, little brat. But you can kind of see where his thinking is. He's supposed to be heir to the throne. His mother won't give it up, you know. And he's got some real heartbreaking subplots in it, where he's just this tortured character. And his chemistry with, um, what's her name, Helen Miriam, it's so goddamn good you know and he was just somebody I could not take my eyes off because he just throws these tantrums and you know somebody I guess once at a Q&A made a joke they were like you seem to be in a lot of period pieces he's like they love putting me in these coats I don't know what to say but <laughs> the sets the costume design it's absolutely breathtaking but he's in every single episode and he's basically I'd say like the third lead and he does one hell of a job in it so I highly recommend that one 
I was wondering like how big of a part his character was in that because I didn't really know. Okay, so I have watched Makeup. Do you want to discuss? <laughs> yes, I actually, yeah, I bought that off uh, Apple because I was like, oh, an independent movie. And I watched the trailer first. I thought it was going to be this like crazy thriller. And instead it went into a, you know, we I won't spoil this one, guys, but it goes in an entirely different direction. And it's a beautiful film, but his character is just so good. What were your thoughts on it? Well, I thought it was beautiful also. I think it's a really interesting, really kind of, it's kind of psychological, I guess, mm. like that. It's not really a thriller and it really makes you think. Yeah. It's a little weird, I guess I would say, but like in sort of a very beautiful, the cinematography is really cool. Yeah. I thought that the the lead, the girl that plays the lead character does a great job mm. and he is great too. He's so charming. Yeah. Yeah just adorable <laughs> this spaghetti sandwich i will never get that out of my brain i was like did he put all that spaghetti between two pieces of bread and i wanted to be grossed out but like i low-key love spaghetti and bread so i was like that's kind of ingenious actually what's his character's name in that show or movie tom tom yes tom because he always goes i love you ruth <laughs> really yeah. it's ruth but it sounds like ruth yeah the accent it's so adorable but the first time I ever actually saw an image of Joseph Quinn was in 2019 for Game of Thrones. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got into Game of Thrones during 2020 because I had nothing better to do. And it was fantastic. I love it. But I remember when the last few episodes, like, I guess somebody hijacked HBO and the episodes leaked or something. And people were making these memes of his character and the other guard saying, this is what HBO security looks like. And then I connected the dots years later. And he's only in two scenes, guys, but he plays a guard. Yeah. And it's actually pretty hilarious. Like, I was arguing with a friend of mine the other night because he was like, the last two seasons are terrible. And I'm like, uh, actually, one of them featured Joseph Quinn. So it gets a few brownie <laughs> points in my corner. But I think it's so cool that he was part of that universe. Yeah. I said it's two scenes, but it's so funny. And that's funny to know that I'd seen him. Because, I mean, I watched that show from pretty much the beginning. Oh, wow. But I had decided to read the books because Ooh, I was like, okay. I need to read the books before mm -hmm. I watch it. So it was early on that I started watching that show. So I definitely saw him in that episode the first time it aired because I used to watch it like when it came out um, mm -hmm. with my husband. So that's so great. I really loved that show. And it's cool that I saw him previously and didn't even know. Right. And now I'm such a big fan. <laughs> I know. I love it. That was like how he was in that horror movie, um, Overlord. Have you seen Overlord? I have not because I know, you know, me and horror, but um, I did yes. watch the scene that he was in because um, it was going around online. So, yeah, it's one of those you blink and you miss it. He does have like two or three lines, but it's a good like the best way to describe it is like body horror. It's got Wyatt Russell in it and it's I believe it's World War Two. But he plays a soldier in the beginning, and it's just funny hearing him with his American accent again. And it's one of those bit little roles, but I think it's cool that he was actually in that movie. Definitely my friend Brandy is going to love me shouting this out, but his episode in the British series Time Wasters. Oh, yeah, she's a huge fan. What's his name in that? Ralph. Ralph. He's so adorable. I have not watched that show or that episode, but I've seen lots of edits of clips from it yeah. in there. Yeah. So cute. I've only seen clips. Like I said, I haven't even seen the same, the whole episode much like you, but he just plays this adorable twin brother to this other girl. And it's, I don't know, the turn of the century. And he wears this little boating hat and he's just really chipper and always smiling. Really like shows his like, comedic range I guess just it's really really funny it's slapstick he has this saying um because he's dancing with one of the lead girls and you hear click 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 on the dance floor and she goes are you wearing tap shoes and he goes yes aren't they wizard <laughs> I think that is the funniest line because it goes to show you like he can play somebody who has 
mental issues, psychological issues, losing his mind and breaking yeah. your heart to playing, you know, this goofball. And I think that's why he really nailed it with Eddie Munson, because I have to say in that first episode with the Hellfire Club, when he screams when Chrissy dies, I think that's the most realistic scream I have ever seen, because I'm like, you see all these, you know, horror movies or TV shows where somebody dies and somebody screams real pretty man or woman him right. that, that would be me I would be screeching and I thought he did such a good job and you know the audience kind of feels bad for him because he's thrown into this and he's you know was unfortunately at the wrong place at the wrong time and like you said his chemistry with Grace who plays Chrissy it's so good. And the Duffer brothers even said it. They were like, we shot it after the death and we would have kind of extended more on that had we known how good they could play against each other. But he's even said in panels um, that, you know, him throwing himself down to the ground and, you know, brushing the leaves out of his hair. That was, was like all improv. him. Yeah. That's amazing. Especially like, you know, you're taking a bit of a risk as an actor, but I guess that's being an actor. And he just instantly, like, fit in with this already, like, tight-knit group. Mm -hmm. And he provides a lot of the, like, I feel like Eddie Munson was the audience. Because the most, my favorite Eddie Munson moment, at least, was when they're all jumping off the boat into Watergate. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he had the most <laughs> realistic reaction. The other girls just jumped in and him just doing his little tantrum screaming and screeching before like half falling in i'm like shit 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 shit, shit. <laughs> yep i'm like yeah i could actually that's me actually in that situation no so, absolutely you oh. make that's a, such a good point because everybody in that show usually just kind of like rolls with the punches and doesn't like think too much about how weird things are mm -hmm. and at this point in season for like even the audience we're like so used to all the supernatural type things going on that we're like oh yeah like obviously and then he's bringing that new perspective to everything where he's like what the hell is going on like Jesus <laughs> <H> Christ <laughs> I loved that actually I brought that up when um they're all finished um that wonderful flawless i think it's basically all in one take of them all saving steve in the upside down yeah have you seen the behind the scenes footage of that it's so good oh my god isn't he playing like led zeppelin or the nine inch Something nails cover? like that yeah so good just to hype himself up and yeah. it's such it's filmed so beautifully it's almost like a dance with how it was choreographed with the girls teaming up to get the bat off steve and eddie with the uh, paddle but I love that Robin, this is her first time technically in the Upside Down. She's all right. Right. Yes, he's checking on Steve. Eddie is all of us. Him doing the Jesus H. Christ, just throwing yeah. the battle. I'm like, exactly. that's realistic. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. His, like I said, you know, when they said that Mike was the heart of the group, I was like, I could see Dustin or Steve or Eddie, you know. But Eddie just... You know, like I said, he was the underdog and he's just trying to help Chrissy out. Clearly, you know, was called a freak, had his flaws. But um, I think that's why people connected with him. This is when I officially knew, like, this was huge, was when he met Metallica for Lollapalooza in 2022. And they played clips of the guitar scene. And next thing you knew, everybody had a hellfire shirt around the world i was like yeah that was insane and it just like warmed my heart watching that interaction i'm so glad that it was like filmed and we got to see it because mm -hmm. i actually i think i talked about that girls trip i went on with my friends from college like the summer of 2022 and that happened when i was with them and i remember That's amazing. being like on my phone like oh my gosh guys look joseph quinn is meeting metallica they were like okay Megan <laughs> yeah I, I was the same way my sister sent it to me she was like you know the guy who played Eddie Munson met Metallica and I'm like oh, my god and it's just <laughs> I love that they gave him like complete street cred too you know Metallica is one of the biggest you know metal bands of all time and they were like they even said it they're like he's one hell of an actor he and the fact that he Besides the solo, because he had a double to do that, a very talented musician. But for the most part, he played it himself. Like, he threw himself 
into that character. And when you start seeing like at the World Cup, you know, they're singing Chrissy Wake Up and just the fact that the Hellfire shirt, Chrissy Wake Up, you know, Eddie Munson with his devil horns, it was everywhere all over the world. And I've never seen that before. And I just, I don't think even the Duffer Brothers expected it to be that huge, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that something that made us kind of fall in love with Joseph after the fact was like getting to watch him go through that Mm -hmm. experience and just seeing how humble and how appreciative and how excited he was about all of that because I'm sure it was just surreal like a surreal experience for him so um getting to kind of like feel like we were seeing him go through this and be so proud of him and and things like that we were on that journey together with him but you're absolutely right like watching him on his Jimmy Kimmel episode doing all the Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon Yeah, I was thinking about that, too, because I remember it was actually after Jack Black shouted him out. Jimmy Fallon asked him about that. And that was like he was like banging on the desk because he was so excited. (laughs) Just fangirling out. I love it. Like, it makes you feel like, oh, this is a real like chill dude because he just seems like a really funny, funny guy. You know, I listened to his um, Off the Menu podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I, I love that, that he's podcast. a foodie. And I yes. love that he loves a strong martini. Just a real dry <laughs> sense of humor. And yeah. you can see even at the premiere of Stranger Things, he's like, oh, wow. There's a lot of people here, you know. Just seems in awe of it all. Mm-hmm. And even kept saying how lucky he was and how blown away he was. And we got to watch him just, you know, do the, you know, the press tour with Jamie over in Brazil. And just, I love that he just seemed like a real laid back dude, real nice, dry sense of humor. And I have to say, and I know you've met him as well. I've met him twice. Nicest, nicest guy ever. You know, it, it hasn't gone to his head. He's just really appreciative of his fans, really funny and very sweet. When he was doing conventions, I I don't know, maybe he had done like the one in London or something. Mm. I said to my parents, I was like, I really want to meet him. Like, I Mm. just, I think it would be such a cool experience. Like, if I get the chance, I'm going to meet him this year. And that, Mm -hmm. um, and that might have been the end of last year because I think I was disappointed because January, New Orleans came they announced that and I was like I, I can't I can't swing yeah. that I can't swing like a trip to New Orleans right now but so I was like kind of bummed and then I was like watching everybody you get to meet him in January and I was like it's okay my time will come and my it did. time will come and it did and you yeah, got to actually yeah. the more pleasant experience because it exactly. wasn't a gazillion degrees yeah he's um just really really nice which is Just such a breath of fresh air because, you know, this is when I was like, wow, this dude's really nice was when he did his first London Comic Con. And we all heard what kind of a, you know, mess that was. And he, this wonderful, wonderful fan, her and her service dog, she kind of like apologized for how things were run and stuff and was just telling him how, you know, his fans really appreciate him and can relate to Eddie. And it brought him to tears. And that goes to show you like... This guy's really, really just, you know, nice and down to earth, super friendly. And like I said, if anybody gets the chance to meet him, it's worth the wait because he's so incredibly friendly and just really interested to hear, you know, why his character means so much to people. I have to say, if anybody right now in Hollywood deserves the projects that are coming to him, it's him. Yeah. So I guess I think we've covered pretty much his whole filmography, (laughs) basically. He's been in some live theater, so I know people like to watch him in that. And that's cool because I've heard him talk about like how live theater is so different and um, how he enjoys it. So I think it's cool that he's done a lot of that. Um, But shifting gears, he's got a lot coming up that we're super excited about and like you said that he's so well deserving of and Mm. these are going to be huge like blockbuster type things I think but before we talk about the big blockbuster movies do we want to mention Horde yes 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 that is probably 
For JQ fans out there, we are waiting with bated breath. It looks like it's going to be just this quirky, weird psyche on the brain. Um, there hasn't been a trailer yet, but they have done like already publicity for it, and it did premiere. And yeah. I've heard nothing but great things, but I heard it's just it's weird and disgusting and just really out there. But the director just seems so talented, and I'm honestly really pumped to see him play this kind of role, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think, so correct me if I'm wrong, but he filmed that before Stranger Things. Is that is that right? I think so. Or before it came out. So he might have already filmed Stranger Things, but it hadn't released yet when he filmed yep. this. It's an independent movie, and they premiered it at like a film festival in mm -hmm. in venice i guess i believe so i think that's where it premiered and i think we we were going to mention it was funny because joe keery was in like an independent film that was also premiering at that film festival so that was kind mm -hmm. of cool yeah i'm super excited to see it i think like you said um luna the director it she's gotten such like good feedback and reception for this film that it's really cool and he has gotten good um reception for the character that he played so super excited to see it i know some people have already seen it over in the uk mm -hmm. and we've heard nothing but good things so hopefully it comes to something <laughs> where we can watch it soon absolutely what is next for him what do you think I believe the next thing that's going to come out, it did get pushed back, unfortunately, due to the strike, is A Quiet Place Day uh, One, uh -huh. which is going to be a prequel to the um, Quiet Place movies that were written and directed by Jim from The Office. Jim, what's his last name? Oh, gosh. I know it. It's not, that's not his first name, though. That's why it's John, throwing me off. John, John Krasinski. John, there we go. Which I watched the first Quiet Place in theaters. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really, really good. I did watch um, the second one, which has Chillian Murphy in it. And I'm going to have to give it another rewatch, to be completely honest. Because okay. it has been a while. But I've read the synopsis for day one. And it's got a packed cast. And just the fact that he's part of this universe. I just really dig that he's part of a horror franchise especially yeah. like this is a third entry but if you're gonna be in a third entry of any horror movie franchises might as well be that one you know i'm probably not gonna watch the other ones <laughs> yeah you'll be we'll terrified see. megan do you think i need to watch the other ones i know basically like be something where i can just jump in yeah you make noise you die that's basically all okay. you need to know these <laughs> giant bug creatures will eat you so you gotta be super quiet which we all know i'd be the first to die um i'd like pop my jaw or something but um he's playing a character i believe his name is michael or okay. eric eric that's his name michael's in horde eric is in this one and i read the synopsis and it sounds like actually a really well-written movie and I just, even though, like, the whole premise of the movie is you can't make noise, you can't talk, he's so expressive, especially with his face, which mm. that was the first thing I noticed about him in Stranger Things. I remember mm -hmm. going, because I kept referring to him as the drug dealer. I know I'm terrible. <laughs> and I kept going, the drug dealer's got really dark eyes, like r the brownest eyes I've ever seen, like shark yeah. eyes, you know, really intense. So seeing him act without actually physically speaking as much i heard he even uh learned a little bit of asl american sign language for the movie so this should be interesting and you know we're hoping that we actually get to see it together in theater so i'm pumped to see your reaction through it all and you i'm gonna and have covering to your face. see it with you because <laughs> otherwise i'm gonna be so scared <laughs> <laughs> What's his next big movie, Megan? Uh, Gladiator? Dude, when I found out, all right, I love Gladiator. I'm a huge Ridley Scott fan. Gladiator was a huge movie I just would watch constantly. I think it's, it's in all honesty, a flawless film, and it reminds me of those big epics like Spartacus from the 1960s. So beautifully shot, so well done. When I heard they were making a sequel, at first I was like, oh, I don't know, can you really do a sequel to that? But then I found out Ridley Scott was returning, and the cast they got for it, 
soon as I found out JQ was being in it, I was like, what a smart career move. I am so pumped for this. It's been so cool to see him like hanging out with Pedro Pascal and Mm -hmm. Paul Mescal. Like, I love both of them, too. I have not seen The Last of Us. Did you watch The Last of Us? I did. I I didn't play the video game or anything like that. Um, Besides Game of Thrones, this was kind of my second thing I'd seen Pedro in. Yeah. Um, Very well done. Very heartbreaking. I do recommend it. It's very well done. Yeah. I've always seen him in Game of Thrones, but he was fantastic. Phenomenal. And I love Paul from um, Normal People. Have you watched that? I haven't seen that. Is that good? Yeah, you should definitely watch that. And it's so funny because you mentioned the podcast, the Off the Menu podcast. I also like Paul's episode of the Off the Menu podcast. And they talk about Joseph Quinn in that, like briefly in that podcast. And now they're like doing a movie together. Such a funny podcast. Just shout out to them. Just I, there are so many memorable clips from Joseph's episode because he's such a foodie. But my favorite has to be when they're talking about how, like, the fish just slips off the bone. And JQ <laughs> goes, oh, and then you take it home. And they're like, you take the fish skeleton home? <laughs> he's like, yeah, of course. Kills me. Kills me. If I ever need to laugh, I definitely always re-listen to that yeah, one. Yeah, I've listened to it, like, five times. It's great. So there's a rumor and I really stress that rumor. We'll see. I mean, I'm impartial. I know you like Marvel. I don't. I've never seen it. Great. Let's just trash Marvel. No, 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 no. We're joking, no, people. No, we're joking. We're joking. We're just not real Marvel fans. I'm sure we've seen a handful of them, but... I've seen none. Zero. You've seen none. See, no. I like this. I'm going to age myself right here. I've seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Okay, just kidding. Does that count as a Marvel that, film? That, yeah, that counts. Okay. We'll, we'll count I've seen Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> Nothing against it. You know, like there's some rumors going out there. Um, If he gets it, great, cool. I'll go and see it. If he doesn't, great, cool. Um, But yeah. there is a rumor he could be playing the Human Torch. In the previous movies, it was played by Michael B. Jordan, Chris Evans, and Jay Underwood. So it's it's a it's a legacy for sure. But you know, if it happens, it happens. But rumors are rumors, people. You never know until it is actually in stone. You know, you can't really say whether or not it's true. But there was a big rumor for a while he was going to be in House of the Dragon, playing an entirely different role. I would love to see that. Let's let's manifest that to happen. I want to see him riding a dragon. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, we talked about Joseph Quinn for a long time. We did. He, man. And... I know. I'm like actually sitting here like, do we need to separate this into two episodes? What's your call? I don't know. Let's take a break and talk about it. Okay, we're back. So we had a little chat and <laughs> we are going to have to save Joe Keery for our next episode. We just had way too much to say about Joseph Quinn today. I mean, we totally should have seen this coming. I don't know why we attempted yeah. to do them both in one episode. That's something to look forward to for next week, right? It'll be a Keery themed episode um, all about his you know, television, film, and music career, but we were talking about him, we were like, oh my God, like he's at least, you know, an hour's worth of discussion. So something to look forward to, guys. As for to wrap up good old JQ, because he took us in the world by storm. Anything else that we want to mention about him this year? Uh, well, we he did get onto the Dior campaign, mm. which is super, super cool. Him and Maya Hawk, um, they're both on the... Dior campaign so we've seen him at the fashion shows and he filmed that really cool looking commercial where he's got that bluish purple sweater on Uh, my sister was cool enough to actually buy me a bottle of it I'm a bath and body work gal I mean $12 (laughs) is where I'm stopping at body spray and perfume so it's my bougie bougie perfume that I'm like this needs to last me the rest of my life it's, you know, I'm not really a perfume person. It's not overpowering. It's unisex, so it could be cologne or perfume. It's actually quite nice, and uh, it's really cool seeing him at all those events, especially with Maya. I need to smell it. You need to, like, bring, bring oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I'm hang bringing out. it next time. <laughs> 
we know he has two cons coming up this winter. Um, both of us, unfortunately, will not be there. But who knows? He might have more stuff coming up in the spring. But he's going to be doing Portland, Oregon, um, I believe, in January. And then he's going to be doing Megacon in Orlando. And he's going to be joined by, I believe, Finn and Gaten. So a few of my friends and people I know from the fandom are going to be there. And if you've already met him before, you know you're in for a treat. If you haven't and you have tickets, you're going to have the time of your life. My last question for you would be, what is your current thought? And I didn't prepare you for this question, but what is your current thought Ooh. on whether or not he's going to be involved in filming season five? Oh, good one. Good one. Um. I would say it would be stupid of them not to have him included somehow. There's been a lot of theories going around, the most popular one being Cass from D&D, &D, which there were you know, several little nods to that character and that storyline last season. It certainly would be cool as hell to see him as Cass, but um, it's either going to be like he's going to be like Billy to Max, like it's going to be Dustin his guilt feeling like he let his friend down he's either going to be remembering eddie or he's going to be thinking about him um maybe he'll go through his journal which in the stranger things time capsule box we'll definitely discuss one episode there is a really cool diary by dustin and it's you got a ton of easter eggs in it and eddie actually has written a note to dustin being like i didn't kill chrissy this is what really happened they could include that i had a theory that actually he could be the new vessel for Vecna or he's just brought back to life maybe with time travel or something but I think there is a huge possibility that he's going to be included somehow and obviously that's going to be wrapped up like the CIA is involved because they don't want any leaks but I would say the chances of him coming back and us actually seeing new footage of Eddie is at least at 90 percent what do you think yeah I think I'm along the same lines of you. I've gone back and forth a lot about whether I think that Eddie's alive and whether I want that to be the case. And I feel like I like cycle back and forth like every single day with mm. it. But I'm I think I'm just going to like try to relax about it and see what yeah. happens and not try not to be bothered either way. But I think that you're totally right that they would be kind of silly not to try to incorporate him in some way even mm -hmm. I mean and I, I think people don't really want them to go back and do that just for like fan service but I think yeah. there's enough things that were like hints like you said in season four to like a continuation of that character potentially that I mean may maybe they were already origi originally planning to do something like that so I think not seeing that two days in between mm. when they when he quote unquote died and then when they were all out of the upside down and just pretty much fine. <laughs> like I feel yeah, I like know. we I need to see what happened during that time. So hopefully they address that. We'll see what happens, I guess. And it'll be yeah. it'll be really interesting of like how if he does film like how they're gonna keep that like secret <laughs> like i feel like i know it's gonna be so hard to like keep it under wraps like hopefully people will be respectful of that and not try to leak, leak any spoilers yeah. or anything yeah i don't really want leaks like i like the little crumbs that like raw stuffer gives us yeah but like i don't really want leaks so we'll see yeah i, I would rather be, be surprised, surprised like yeah you know, with season two, I honestly, because I know their original plan was to kill Eleven, and then they were like, oh, wait, never mind. It was a shock to me at the end of episode one, season two, that she was living with Hopper. So I'm kind of hoping, like, we either get a cameo or a taste or a reveal like that at an end of an episode versus somebody leaks it and you already know what's going to happen. You know, I want a big epic reveal so when I'm watching it live, I can root like a dad watching football and just stand up and start woofing and clapping and losing my mind you know yeah yeah no I I always forget about that too so I I guess you don't know that 11 was actually alive mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season and they did the same thing with Hopper yep. I think with like the little clue that he was still alive so like it's not out of character for the show or 
like to do that with a character. So, mm-hmm. so I do have two, I guess, just wrap up questions that we can do kind of rapid fire style. What is your favorite of all of Joseph Quinn's projects, excluding Stranger Things, obviously? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would honestly say Dickensian, just because I've watched it the most. And uh, the character of Arthur is just so, so amazing. Brandy's even going to try to get me an Arthur autograph at the next con. Because I was like, damn, that's the only one I don't have. But uh, no, definitely Arthur. What about you? I think I would say the Les Mis character. Mm. I think he was really good in that and I enjoyed his performance in that. Jin, what are you most excited about moving forward with Joseph Quinn? Which project? But I'd say the number one thing, clearly from my reaction earlier, is Gladiator 2. I will be there at midnight watching that movie just losing my mind because I did a little research of who his character is and what kind of happens to him. And I am intrigued because he's based off a real person. Okay. And just after his performance in Catherine the Great, I'm like, oh, he's going to do such a good job. So probably that. What about you? I think I'm pretty excited for A Quiet Place, even though it's going to like scare the shit out of me. (laughs) Um, I am excited to like see him in that. And I'm excited that, you know, it's already it's already been filmed at this point. So like it's real mm-hmm. to me. And um, I I like that it's like part of this existing franchise and hopefully I'll be okay not seeing the other movies first. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we could do like a triple feature that weekend before we see it. <laughs> we really should. And I'll film all of Megan's reactions every time she jumps, guys. Yeah, that would be, I. the only way I would watch it is if I was watching it with you. <laughs> I dress up as a giant bug and I just run out of the closet. Oh, like when you dress up as a bat. (laughs) As a bat. Oh, my God. His reaction, guys, if anybody's ever seen my fan expo picture from Philly, me and my friend Jeanette, it's just right after meeting him in New Orleans, I was on the phone with her one night. I was like, dude, if we ever meet him again, let's dress as bats. And we thought it was the funniest thing. So we bought bat onesies and when we came in, because we're such assholes, we're just flapping our wings and like calling like a crow. We're like, ah, ah, and he just laughed and shook his head and said, Jesus Christ. And then we said, look as uncomfortable as you possibly can. And um, I don't think he was acting. I think he honestly was that uncomfortable. <laughs> Stacey was like, do you, do you want to go with us? Like we, they were separate from me. And I was like, I think I'm going to do this first time on my own. <laughs> You're like, you know what, baby steps. This is this is a lot. You're in a bat onesie. This is a lot of energy. Like, I love you to death, but I need to do this on my own right now. You're like, I'm kind of having a panic attack just looking at you. <laughs> it's literally the dead of June. I'm in a fucking bat onesie. All right, here we go. We're getting it together. Um, all right. What is your favorite Eddie Munson line? The Shire is burning, so Mordor it is. Yep. <laughs> That's that's mine. So that's a good one. I have that tattooed on me. That is so good. Such a great reference. Yeah. All right. And then my second rapid fire question for you, my love. Favorite Eddie Munson moment? You can only pick one. I mean, maybe that one. Like when he's at Skull Rock. I really like that whole scene. And I think it was like the first episode. I still wasn't really sure how I felt about him. Even though on rewatches, like, I obviously love that episode. But then when that part, the Skull Rock, like, whole scene and that part, that Eddie, like, that solidified, like, I'm obsessed with this How much you loved him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, just knowing that he, like, read Lord of the Rings and, like, that kind Mm -hmm. of, like, just element to him and um, deciding to, like, choose to, like, jump in and go with the with the group yep. like making that decision because up until then it was kind of things were just happening to him like that was mm-hmm. when he kind of like decided to join the group join the party kind of so yeah i think skull rock eddie is my I love favorite that. well that's our location too, i know so that makes sense yep i love that yep what about you beautiful i mean there's so many but besides like obviously the master of puppet scene i love during the D game when Dustin does his first role 
and he just goes, that's a mess. It's just him taunting Dustin and Dustin's reaction, screaming and throwing the can. I'm just like, I love this. Like, just, I don't know, just so playful and so funny. Like I said, whenever he was being the audience, actually having a normal person's reaction, screaming Jesus H. Christ and screeching, I was like, yep, love this guy. So all those moments. (laughs) All right, so... Stacy, are there any filming updates that we wanted to address this week? But as of right now, filming is going to start January 5th. Right. And as we said at the beginning, we're recording this on the 31st, but you will be listening to it on December 12th. Mm-hmm. So there could have been some updates in the past week that we just don't know about yet. You can definitely follow us on Instagram to see any filming updates. All right, so for new merch, everyone, basically what's been going on is I've been keeping my eyes open and seeing if there's been any new merch that's been dropping. I do actually have a really cool piece for my collection coming all the way from across the pond from In the Dark Customs on Instagram. She makes these custom pops. She did one for my friend Brandy of Ralph from Time Wasters from JQ. And she's done a lot of JQ figurines before. She's done a Steve Harrington with Eddie's Vest. And the cool thing about her work is she does her own custom work. And it literally looks flawless, like its own custom pop. And she does her own boxes that they come in, professional boxes. And the thing is, if you request a certain character and have it done, she'll never make it again. So it's a -a one-of-a-kind pop. So I requested to get Eddie eating the honeycombs and drinking the Yahoo milk because I said, how is there not a pop of that yet? There's a pop of everything else. And um, I actually talked to her last night and supposedly he's going to be taking his long little hobbit journey across the pond pretty soon. And as soon as I get him, I will definitely be taking pictures of him and uploading it onto our Instagram account for Skull Rock Broadcast. That's so exciting. I have a couple ideas of some Steves that I would love to have done. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? It's it's endless. I was like, oh my God, so many Steves. Yeah, he's got a lot of great outfits. That would be cool. So I have some exciting merch news to share. Ooh, okay. We had a whole holiday party and thank goodness I didn't open this present until everybody else had left because I opened it and he got me. <laughs> The Lego set of the Will Byers house in the Upside Down, like the Lego set. And I just burst into tears. I was like, I I never imagined that I would own this. It's discontinued. They don't make it anymore because I never would have spent that money on myself. I never would have expected someone else to spend that much money on me to get me this set. But it was just so meaningful because... I've always kind of wanted, I've never actually even done a Lego set before, but I've always wanted to try it. And if I'm going to do a Lego set, this is the Lego set that I want to do. That's the one to do. When you told me that, I was like, that's the holy grail for Stranger Things items. That's incredible that you got that. We're definitely going to have to see your your progress as you're building it. Because I've never done a Lego set either. God bless the people that can have the patience. So we're going to have to see how you do. Because I'm curious to see how it's I know. I love puzzles and things like that. So I'm I'm thinking I will enjoy it. So I will definitely keep everybody posted on my progress as I build it. And it's just going to make me so happy. (laughs) So thank you to my brother. I think we can finally wrap it up today <laughs> we've had so much to talk about and our social media is at skull rock broadcast you can pretty much find us on any social media but we're definitely most active on instagram well guys it was great talking to you looking forward to the curie episode and you guys have a happy new year over and over out. and out All right, we are back. You didn't think 
you got rid of us that easily. <laughs> Never. We're still here. Still here. So, so what did you just finish reading last night, Stacy? I finished reading Mushy Stuff by Pizza Bones, yes. which I love that that's their name. Um, and I didn't make the connection that they wrote that slow burn I was telling you about, I Come Back to the Place You Are, which is so heartbreaking. It's so well done, too, with just a slow burn. But Mushy Stuff, even though it was a one-shot, it was a one-chapter, I was kicking my feet like a schoolgirl. Yes giggling you know i was i was trying to watch that freaking show the bear i i don't know i could take it or leave it i totally like lowered the volume on to mute didn't pay zero attention <laughs> to the show and was reading that instead and then i stumbled upon um another fic where it's a steedy fic but basically steve's a single dad he finds out after the events of season one that he got some girl pregnant over the summer before he was with nancy and hands up um, agreeing to raising the baby alone. And I'm at the point, it's 19 chapters. They haven't updated since November. But I'm at the point where the events of season two are happening. And his mm -hmm. baby's like six months old. And it's really interesting because like he keeps having these little like run-ins with Eddie. Like they go to summer school together and this and that. And like Wayne actually like volunteers to watch the baby because he's friends with Steve's babysitter. So it's good, but... Mushy stuff just brought back all the feels of the other fic that I had. I was like, this person writes Steedy. So good. And there's a handful of them out there that are our favorites. But today we're going to be discussing the alt, the Big Mac yeah. of Steedy. Yeah, let me, give, let me give a little update, my little reading update too. And then we will get into our <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> First though, do you remember the author of that? Um, single dad Steve. Yes, O stars. Oh, That's it's O stars. O stars. The single dad figures O stars. Mm -hmm. And it's called "You Carved the Space for My Sadness to Be Seen for Once." Hold on to me. That's the author of the man that I could be. That's like the really, the one that I really love. No wonder it's so damn good. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I'm I'm definitely you're um, it. moving that one up my list. But I have not finished. Um, we should just kiss like real people do yet so i've been oh, yeah it's only been a few days since we've recorded our last episode so i have been really busy i hosted my family for the party um yesterday like i said so with um onion chiver fix i like can't just like read them like casually like if i'm reading them i need to be mm -hmm. like immersed for like hours in them <laughs> so i need oh, yeah. to kind of find some space i guess um in the next couple of days to get back into that one so I can finish it. But we are super excited to start talking about, I think one is, it's probably like top three for me. Is it, is it your number one? Do you think? I'd say it's number one for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably, I think it's probably tied with the man that I could be for number one for me. Mm -hmm. And that is the fic. Take the money and run. Yes. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You were actually so when I met Megan in Philly, actually, at the convention, when we first met in person, we spent a good half an hour just talking fix. And um, we we're just going back and forth for recommending different ones. And Megan was like, have you read Take the Money and Run? I was like, no. And she basically was like, well, if you like road trips and you like traveling, this is the fic for you. And you gave a really good synopsis for it. And I was instantly roped in that as soon as I got home that weekend I started it and I think I finished it within two days and it is a long story guys too and I it was just one of those things like a really great book you can't put down I could not stop reading it that's how good it is it's, it's amazing and I love road trips I've been on lots of road trips and but I actually just went on another huge road trip, probably the biggest road trip I've ever taken in August. I don't know if I mentioned this before. I I got married in January to my husband, but we've been together for mm -hmm. 13 years and we just went to the courthouse. But in August, we had a party in our backyard for some family and friends. And after the party, we went on a two week road trip. So we went to like 18 states or something crazy like that and we took Leia she was only like six months old Aww. at the time <laughs> so that was that. like an adventure yeah and I was the whole time like oh my gosh I'm like Eddie and Steve 
It's like the funniest I love it. I kept thinking about it the so whole time. Good. I think I like listened to the soundtrack of all the songs oh, yeah. like a few times, mm-hmm. like on my road trip. We love it. We both love it so much that we are going to read it again together. Yep. And actually what I'm planning to do is make a pod fic of Take the Money and Run. Yay. So I will read it to all of you. That will be available on, mm-hmm. on archiveofourown.org, AO3. But as I'm recording each chapter, then Stacy and I are going to do a deep dive yep. into each chapter. The author, it's This Apple Pie Life. Who is so talented. Such a good writer and put so much research, so much love into this fic. There's all sorts of like um, photos and images mm-hmm. kind of embedded. So we'll definitely share those with you as we're on our kind of journey of experiencing this fic again together. <laughs> what a journey it is. You feel like you're on the road trip with them you when do. you actually read it. And just like you said, the amount of detail and research she did, like she even calculated, guys, how much money it would have cost them in 1986 for the entire trip and what it would have cost like in today's standards, how much gas was, you know, what products were available at the time, what fast food restaurants were around, tourist traps, because it takes place in 1986. Yeah. And it is phenomenal. Like she edits some of the photos to like go along with the story, but- the fact that they've visited all real places that have existed, it's the coolest thing. And I've never seen this level of detail in a fic before. No, absolutely not. And you've read some of their other stuff, too. Yes. And, and they put the same level yeah, into it. It's impressive. Tuesday's Gone, I believe that's the name of it. Tuesday's Gone with the Wind. There you go, where uh, Eddie plays a rock star and Steve's the manager. And it's it's just as long and it's just as good And yet again, same amount of detail that they put in. You know, it's just, you know, it starts off as a slow burn and then it really pays off. But just the level of writing and detail, I actually was floored by how much work they put into this. Because it's being normal, you know? Yeah. And um, Take the Money and Run, definitely a slow burn. But like you said, worth it, pays off. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, and I think I told you this when I was telling you about the fic, I download fix and I read them on my phone in like the books app. So it gives me like progress, like how many, what percent I'm at. So I was almost finished with the fic and it said I was only like halfway through and I was like, I don't understand what is going on here. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get to the epilogue and I think, the road trip part of the fic, yes, obviously great. But the way they wrote that epilogue, it's basically oh like a second story. I think they say that it's sort of optional to read the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, you could read the the road trip part and just leave it at that. And But fair. they basically wrote Stephen Eddie's whole life from the end of the yep. road trip to current day. Um and it's it the timeline of it is so cool the way it fits together because it jumps around like with the yep. timeline and you just like keep wondering like how certain things played out but they wait to mm-hmm. tell you and it's amazing it's like one of the best things i've ever read and i love it so much <laughs> just such like this person clearly loves these two characters and they put their heart and soul into it Especially as being like, you know, two guys in the 1980s falling in love, going across America. But like you said, the real heart, like you get to see how they fall in love after the events of season four. But then you get to see like the heart and soul of the story of them growing older together. And like you said, you don't know how certain things are going to play out, but you get to see them as they get older. And there's just so many things that are like kind of canon within the fan fiction community. And it just all fits in perfectly. It's it's really beautifully, beautifully written. And it's one of those stories that as soon as you finish it, you want to start it over again. So I am pumped yes, to restart Yes, I'm this. so excited. Um, hopefully by next week we will have sort of um, a timeline for you of what that's going to look like as we plan it out. But we are super excited to go on this journey together for sure. Definitely a favorite. Pumped. Yeah. Anything else that you want to mention for this little secret, steady, 
segment. Look at that alliteration. <laughs> I know that was that was pretty good, man. Um, honestly, like I said, um, after reading Mushy stuff because it was just so damn cute, I definitely want to take a look back on "I Come Back to the Place You Are" by Pizza Bones, the same author. It's a slow burn. It's basically after the events of season four. Um, Eddie lives, but he's in a coma, and it's Steve almost like feeling bad that the trailer got destroyed. So he gets a job at a record store and he starts buying all the stuff that like Eddie lost and starts collecting like the music that, you know, he would have been into and stuff. And it's him almost like waiting for him to wake up as he's realizing like, holy shit, I'm in love with this guy. So another author, much like the author of Take the Money and Run, that just totally gets it. And the payoff is so worth it, you know? What about you? Anything else? No, I have so many ones that I want to read soon. I will have another update for you guys next week, I think. I'm pumped. Pumped to hear you actually reading this, guys, because I got to tell you, Megan, like, I don't know, your voice is very soothing. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's it's true. I only speak facts here. And listening to your first pod fic, well, technically your second it was just so, so well done. So definitely you have a talent for it. And if anybody was going to do a pod fic of this story, this epic, this journey, it should be you. So oh, thank you. we're in for a treat. Thank you. Of course. All right. Well, that was super fun, everyone. We hope you um, enjoyed it. And we hope you are like fully uh, on for this journey now after our third episode. And we will be back next week with our Joe Keery episode. Woohoo! All right, guys, over and out. Take care. Bye.